Welcome to Mentors on the Mic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Simone Miller, a New York City native actress with credits in film, television, off-Broadway, and commercials. Every Monday, I'll bring you an incredible mentor in the entertainment industry, focusing on how they started and how they moved up to where they are today. My goal is to encourage you to follow your dreams and give you a playbook on how to get there. Thanks for listening and let the episode begin. Happy Mentor Monday and welcome to another episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast. I am so thrilled to introduce you to our mentor this week. You guys asked for actors, and this one is such a great one. Larry Saperstein. Larry plays, most notably, Big Red on High School Musical, the musical, the series. So, fan of Olivia Rodrigo. She didn't come out of nowhere. She came out of this incredible show that Larry is a series regular on. Um, he, it's obviously, it's a, it's a play. It's a, it's a reinvention of the two-time Emmy Award-winning High School Musical franchise. It's for Disney+. Plus. Um, he can also be seen opposite Kiernan Shipka in the film Fangirl, as well as a South by Southwest film um, called Porno. He's done a bunch of different things. He's also a trained dancer and vocalist. Uh, we also both went to the same camp. We both went to Use Dan Summer Camp. And there is so much we go over together on this episode. You know, I had to even ask for a little extra time at the end because I just, it was such an easy conversation. I really wanted to know where he started. Like, what was his first job? He had been um, working, you know, as an actor for a while, not just taking classes here and there, but he got a manager pretty early on and went in and auditioned for a bunch of different stuff, booked a few commercials and, um, Obviously, you know, it's just an incredible story, not just to hear some of the stuff he's done um, alongside going to high school and, and college at Pace, where he studied lighting design, but just how incredible it was to hear how he booked High School Musical, the series. And, you know, we always talk about as actors, you know, our dreams, our goals. And for a lot of us, it's become a series regular, have the stability, have the security, have the consistency of playing one character. And he he has that. So to hear his story of how he booked it, um, being in it, how that's changed over time, um, how how is it filming the third season, all of it, it's just been, it was so interesting. And I could have talked to him for much longer. So here we go, guys. Without further ado, here's Larry Saperstein. Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. Hello. Hi, Larry. How are you? I'm happy to be here. I, so good. I'm so happy to be here. The first yeah. question I always like to ask people is, what was your first role in the entertainment industry? What was the first thing you did? Professionally, uh, my first professional production was a production of Oliver at the John W. Engelman Theater, which is in Northport, Long Island. Yes, and, I had to look that one up. I was like, Northport. <laughs> and I played Charlie Bates. She's like one of the orphans who has like two lines. But I was also Oliver's understudy. I never went on for Oliver because the the guy who was playing Oliver never got sick. But it was great. And then my fir the first time that I was ever on stage was when I was like three years old or something. And my dad was in a production of the musical Working, which is this like sort of 
vignette musical from the like 90s or something like that like there's no maybe it's even older than that but there's there's no like story it's just about all different mm. like types of working people Aww. uh so that was that was my first my first couple things oh so nice yeah from such a young age too for you to have that idea and it was also probably nice to see that your dad could do it and so it becomes more of a realistic thing but like a tangible like I remember the moment I was like oh people can be actors for a living like that was a huge thing yeah and I think like I mean my parents were not like actors for a living it was it was more just like they did my dad especially did like all sorts of community theater and so that's like the world I grew up in you know I was like always you know at a rehearsal from like the moment I can like first have memories like I was always at some kind of rehearsal for something Mm. or you know and then and then once I was like that age and then older like the first time that I ever had a like a real role was you know I was like 10 years old and I was Winthrop in a production of the music man but like it was my dad was Marcellus and you know my mom Mm. was one of the pick a little ladies and like I was Winthrop so it was it was always like a family thing yeah um, from the time that I was you know really young so then it was it it was it was just kind of uh natural for me to start doing it professionally and and I'm just very lucky because I always really did have that support from my family they always understood what I was doing or what I was trying to do and they were just creative always drive right there and, and not even not even like creative drive I mean yes but but also just like what is this crazy industry of you know show business and like how is that gonna change the way that like our kid grows up and like yeah what are the types of things that we need to be like teaching him at a very young age about auditions and like when your friend gets something that you did you don't and like you know so I remember I remember like being 10 years old 11 years old and I had a a really good friend his name is Jake Siegfried and he was auditioning we were auditioning for a lot of the same things together because that's like those kid roles are kind of you know it's just all the kids are going in for those kinds of shows and uh and she was like you you know you are allowed to be upset that you didn't get something that he does, but the moment that you're like unhappy for him mm. or like the moment that you're not proud of him, uh, you, you are no longer going to be doing this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, like that was the rule is like, I can be upset about if I don't get something or I, you know, I'm allowed to be upset for myself, but I can't yeah. be upset towards him. You know, it I can't, can't be outward. Right. Exactly. And that was from, from a very young age. It was just that's the industry and that's like the world that we live in. And that's so a lot of emotional intelligence at a young age, because, you know, yeah. even, even oh, outside the industry, I feel mm-hmm. like people do that sometimes. So they're like, I have a yeah. right to feel my feelings. And you're like, you, right. you do have a right to feel your feelings. It's just different when, if it, if it's, a, if it's affecting someone else or exactly. if you're, if it becomes now, I don't want that other person to get something as opposed exactly. to, I'm just dealing with the feelings that come with not getting the role myself or not exactly getting X, you know? Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that, right. And that was the thing is like my, my mom was never like, you can't feel sad if you don't get a role. Cause it's very natural to feel that way. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was about like learning to be proud of the people in your life and to be outwardly positive. And that is, you know, mm. really, I think 
imp it's important everywhere, but I think it's really, really important in show business. Oh, for like sure. Industry. That's a great lesson to learn yeah. at a very young age or to start practicing anyways. I have right. it. So between Charlie Bates, we get Charlie Bates. Uh -huh. And then what was the next thing? Because I, I know, obviously, you took a mm. lot of classes. Yeah. You did a lot of stuff in New York City for a while. Mm -hmm. You went to Usedan Summer Camp for I nine did. years. I did go to Usedan Summer Camp. for nine. So Usedan was first. So yeah. Usedan, I started Usedan when I was, uh, I think, six years old, maybe five yeah. years old. I, I don't, I think it was the 2000, it was 2003 or four. So I was either five or six. Nice. Right. Somewhere that. young. So I think it was 2003 and I think I was five years old. Uh, and so I started, and that was even before I started taking dance classes. So used was like very, wow, very, very, very young age. Um, and that was because my family, my, my dad was working there. He's, he, you know, got a job there. Uh, as one of the directors in the theater department. And uh, and they asked me, do you want to go to the summer camp? And I said, yes. And then I started going there. And I was there for nine years. Charlie Bates, Oliver happens, and I'm like 10. And shortly after that, I decided to, uh, or my family, we, we all decided to look into getting me a manager. Or, okay. Because you know, yeah. for, for children at the time, you know, I think now it's more common to like get an agent first, or especially if you're, entering the industry as an adult, getting an agent is maybe more beneficial than getting a manager. But for children, I think like having a manager is is great because they really uh, care about you and they're they're like able to sort of help you figure out your journey as a 10 year old. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. know anything about anything. So it's nice to have somebody that knows about the industry and that can like help you through that. Uh, and And the parents too, like they have to deal with parents and all that stuff at a young yep. age so we started looking and it, and at the time it was very common for like everybody to find managers so i did i auditioned for what was called an industry showcase with mm -hmm. a man named mark tuminelli and who he still does them uh he's wonderful he actually just worked on the new disney plus movie better nate than ever and he was like their the kids like acting coach kind of life coach guy so he still does that and he's like wonderful at it got into that industry showcase, which is basically you do, you know, your 50 agents and managers for children. Uh, yeah, mine, mine was like, I think you had to be like under 16 or something like mm. that to do this particular one. I sang, I'm pretty sure I sang Gary Indiana from The Music Man. And, uh, and then I got a manager who I'm still with today, actually, wow. Her name is Judy Leslie. And, and so then I just started auditioning for things like it was, getting slowly into that world. So for a long time, it was, you know, auditioning for every kid in every Broadway show that was, you know, on at the time. So at the time, it was like Billy Elliot, the musical and Mary Poppins. And um, those were kind of the big ones that were going, there was like a 101 Dalmatians musical that was going around for a I while. And uh, it, it never, it never did a Broadway. It was like a tour. Okay. But then like, by the time it was like Matilda and stuff, I was starting to get too old, you know, and then it was like commercials, like auditioning for a bunch of commercials. And I did, you know, that was like when I was getting into high school age, when you're like too old to do the the kids in the Broadway show, right? So then I started doing a lot of auditions for that. And I, I got a couple commercials like in that world, which was lovely. And then- Yeah. Um, what commercials did you get? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, I think the very first one was like, 
it wasn't even like a, a television commercial. It was like an internet ad for Crayola. Nice. They were doing like a, a product that was like you could melt your crayon scraps into like a new crayon. Uh-huh. I vaguely remember um, this idea. I don't remember the name of the product, but I just remember that was like the, the concept. what we had to do. And I remember there were two, they, they hired two of us, two boys, uh, and we were different types. We looked very different. And we had to do this like thing on a green screen where we were like pulling all of our imagination ideas like into this like color maker machine. Uh, it was cool. And then I remember we did like a voiceover thing mm. uh, and they wound up using like my voiceover and his like <sighs> image, which oh. I just thought was like very funny at the time because I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I was a little sad that I was, you know, my face wasn't used, but like it was also kind of wacky and, and crazy. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then I did a, a, a couple more things I did like uh, – one for what was it? I think maybe American Express was one, and oh, then nice. I did like a Goldfish Puffs. That was like a big one that was I running think for I a saw long that. time. Yeah, and that, I don't even think they sell Goldfish Puffs anymore. But it was like uh, that was like more when I was in I high school. I think that's available online. Like I think I saw the one, and you just like you're annoying someone, and then they right, like and then they and like then... puff right. They or they like eat the Goldfish Puff, and then they're like problems. And then you disappear right, in a right. puff. And so that was when I, I was. I think I was in like ninth or 10th grade of high school. Oh, fine. Um, a couple of other ones like Xfinity. I did like yep. one. I saw that. Uh, I did like a Samsung one. I don't know. You know, yeah. that's a, and then, so then I went to college. Which you went I to started Pace. college. I went to Pace University. I actually went for design for mm. theater. Uh, well, it was actually, it was technically theater and film, but really it was heavily based in theater because it was in New York and that's what they can offer. So why, um, and, why is that? Why didn't you go like an acting track or some dance track or what? So, what made... yeah. So, well, so there was like a lot of things all happening at the same time. Uh, I, I also in high school was doing a lot of tap dance at a place called the American tap dance foundation. I had really started to transition into like mostly a tap dancer, at least in the dance world. Uh, mm. You know, I was never like, a ballet dancer like I never felt yeah. like a ballet dancer I was wasn't tall enough you know like in the in the dance world is like so crazy and they'll tell you they'll just be like well you're not tall enough to be you know a prima ballerina or you're not flexible enough or you know and there was like a lot of extra hours that you had to put in if you wanted to do like ballet or, or any of those things and I just I just never it just never fit me do you know what I mean yeah and as a tap dancer uh you know there aren't really parameters you know, tap dance programs yeah well that's oh, yeah. too you know what i mean so like so if i was going to do a dance program i would have had to do like uh you know a dance a fully dance program that was like oh. ballet and theater jazz and all those things and that would have been amazing but i i think at that point in my life like dance as a whole was not as much of a passion for me as like tap dance was so and, specialized and, interest right and and also like a lot of those programs they don't have the same like tap training like they're you know they're really like their ballet programs are fantastic and their contemporary dance you know classes are fantastic but their tap programs are like lacking mm. so it was just it was just you know in a dance program it was just kind of like eh. um i definitely i auditioned for a handful of musical theater programs um and got in a few places but it kind of just felt like 
for me yeah. in the in the moment uh of me being an 18 year old and like being scared to go to college and all those things like first of all that's like another conversation is like i was it's scary to make those decisions and like maybe i would have made a different decision if i was choosing now but at the time i was kind of like i don't know i i have a manager like a lot of those programs are you you train for four years and at the end of the program there's a showcase and the managers and agents come and the point of the showcase is, is to, to get, get a manager yeah and then you like go on with your life and start auditioning and like that's what you do so i kind of already felt like i was already doing that like i was already auditioning and i had the tools in new york city because i grew up there to get whatever training that I wanted, right? Like I was already familiar with taking dance classes at Broadway Dance Center and Steps and Alvin Ailey and all of those places. I had my, you know, tap training at the American Tap Dance Foundation in New York City. I had a couple of voice teachers in New York that I was comfortable with, you know, that were going to be able to get me to where I needed to be yeah. as, you know, and as long as I took that upon myself to keep doing those things in addition to school, I didn't necessarily feel like I would be missing out on that much. I love being an actor. I, I don't know if I'm going to be an actor forever. Like you can never no know. No one knows. You know, you can never know those things. So having another skill or another set of skills where I could uh, turn around and say, okay, well, I'm going to go and make this piece of theater or this movie or whatever it is. I think is a really wonderful thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I love your perspective on this because, you know, as someone who went, I went to Brandeis mm -hmm. and I studied theater and English, but you know, specific with theater, I studied an acting track. And it was the first time I was now at a place where I was continuing, you know, I've taken acting and singing and dancing. I stopped that for a, <laughs> right. when I was younger, but point is, is that I took that all my life and then I get to college and now I'm like, okay, now it's a transition to doing this for real. Um, right. I hadn't been auditioning for commercials and stuff. I had done an off-Broadway show when I was a kid. So right. that was like a professional audition. But aside from that, I really had no professional experience, maybe a couple auditions here and there that are outside mm -hmm. of school. So when I studied it there was something about leaving school now having studied it like right. more in in college if you will as a form of training right now had all this pressure for it to go from a hobby to a career mm -hmm. and that was that was a difficult transition for me and i've talked to a couple other people about that so it's interesting to think you were like well i'm already doing x let me right. find something else that makes me happy so i could just be a well-rounded person as you said not put as much pressure on the thing that i'm already doing anyway right um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my life is very, I, I think, I think a lot of people uh, that were doing that thing at that time, which is like auditioning for shows as a, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old in New York at the time that I was doing it, or even, or even before then or after then, like a lot of people that do that, there, there's a really fine line between hobby and, and career. Like for me, it was like, Okay, so when I go to an audition and when I'm doing a show in New York City, like that is a career move, mm, right? That is right. work or if I'm getting paid to do or whatever. But but then when I was in high school, I was also like, well, I want to make friends that like this and I don't really care if they want to do this professionally. I want to I love theater and I want those people to be my friends. So then I did the teen shows in my area. And for right. me, that was not work. 
but like right. you know it, it's just it was tricky because they're both theater they're both yeah. you know performing in musicals one was work and one was not so there's like a very fine line and i but i think like i'm figuring out that you know there, there's still some of that stuff but because now most of my friends that are in this are doing it like as a career it feels like it is mm. more work yeah more often yeah and so i've had to like almost find new hobbies you know what i mean yeah. like in the past i mean especially since like the pandemic and stuff everyone had to find new hobbies but uh but like as an adult now i'm i'm like oh well i i do like to read or you know whatever it is like yeah. those are also those are also important and i think because i because i was doing theater as like a hobby and a job since i was like 10 i didn't really have a lot of other hobbies Fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I didn't would... think I did either. I, yeah. I think when people ask me what your hobbies were, I, I'd say acting because every Saturday, right. that's what I do. Or like right. once you're in a show every day, you're working on that show. So that was right. my and, hobby. <laughs> and I remember, I remember like I would go to auditions or acting classes or, or whatever. And, you know, they would say, okay, and tell us, tell us something about yourself. Exactly. And it was always like, and it was always like, well, the biggest thing about me is that I love theater exactly. i love musical theater but then they were like you can't say that because you're in an audition everyone so they everybody know there loves musical that. theater so it's like i had to find something else but i don't do anything else that because was, i'm 10 and this is what i do you know i even but i even felt that as an adult like when i right. was and i graduated college i came to new york and everyone every, all agents and managers at some point ask a version of a question like tell me about yourself and right. it wasn't until a few years ago when i was looking for a new agent that i remember thinking oh they 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 re i need a i need a life like i need yeah. i need to get a life outside <laughs> of this because they don't want to hear my resume they can right. see my resume so i remember like the last time i did the agent meeting thing i remember i was going in and now i was like I like to go to this many museums a month because I live in New York and I realize yeah. I don't go to enough museums. So every month I go to this, these two, mu two museums a month. That was my goal. And then I did something else. I forgot what I said. Maybe it was like two books a month or something. So then they could go, well, what museums do you recommend? And right, I was like, great. Right. And all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation right. that has nothing to do with acting and stuff. But those, I got, all of those meetings were like fruitful. And I just yeah, remember thinking wonderful. like, I, I just don't know why I didn't figure that out before that like people want to know you who you are. No one tells you that. It's all about like work and have the talent once you get the job, but it's, a, it's not as much of like discussing how to get the job or like how to yes. be a person, how to, how be, to be a person. person. Well, which is one of the reasons why I did this podcast. I was like, I want to talk about some of this stuff, <laughs> but, but in general, even when people meet each other, the last thing you want to talk about in the beginning is work. Like, right. I, I just feel like you don't, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. And I'm at some point going to ask you the difference, you know, your thoughts on, uh, are on your thoughts on LA, mm -hmm. but just the, the element of like, you don't want to keep having, you don't want to meet new people. And the first thing you're doing is talking about totally what you're in, what you're working on. No one wants to right. do that. They want to talk about like anything else. And at some point it may, I think, circle back to right, like work course. stuff because that's part of your life and it's who you are. But I don't think anyone wants to start off being like, so what are you working on right now? Like no one right, wants no. to do that. Or like, you know, what can I see you in? No one, if you're in the industry, that's like one of the things you don't <laughs> want to talk about, but yeah. So then, so you already have a manager, you're at pace. 
-hmm. you're learning about lighting. You're becoming a well-rounded individual, which is I guess so. fantastic to start early. You also, like you said, I think it, it gave you so much ideas of like so many ideas of how to start and create your own work. And like, yeah, even if it's just, you know, YouTube videos starting out, that's exactly what people I think right. should be doing is like creating their own stuff and, and working that muscle. I feel like it's a muscle. What was next? What was like? So I, I did a, a very small independent horror movie when I was a sophomore in college. And that was a, that was a fun time. That was like really kind of my first time that I was ever a principal role in anything that was on camera. Uh, so that was like learning about what, you know, what makes a movie, like mm. what is coverage, which is like coverage is, you know, uh, for, for the listeners at home Cover, coverage is a, a, a film term that's like uh, about when you're filming a scene right and let's say it's like you and me talking uh, there would be a wide shot maybe that gets like both of us in the frame and the surrounding environment and then the coverage would be like your close-up and my close-up right so it's mm -hmm. like you, you you move into coverage uh, is what they say so it's like learning what what does that mean and yeah and what is that? What is a film a day on set like? You know, twelve hours for three weeks. Like that's a that's a lot of time. And how do you get sort of used to that? And and so that was great. Um, and the movie was was pretty good. I, I mean, I had a good experience. This is a short, right? Was this Finding or Blindfold? No, no. This was. Uh, it's called Porno. Actually. Oh, this is Porno. Uh, Excellent. Yes, and this was a full length feature. So Finding and Blindfold were uh, were student films that I did mm. for people when I was really young. Those were, I did those when I was like ten, eleven, um, and those were uh, like for people that were in film programs at NYU. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's that, what you do. That's what those were. But yeah, yeah. So then. And then Fangirl in two thousand fifteen. You had a line. I had yeah I had like one two lines I mean that was that was cool too I guess yeah. uh I mean I guess I'm I am forgetting that I did have some of that experience yeah. but that's I how you a, build yeah. that's how you build your resume and your your reel right. is, is those type of student films and like little small roles right and right and that and that was like I I think a larger sort of project so that was like really cool because it was like a full set and there was you know crafty and catering and all yep. of those things too but I kind of associated that with more more similarly to what uh what the commercials were like mm. which i was doing in high school because that was around the same time and it was also the same like time commitment like yeah fangirl i was only there for like one day right as opposed to porno i was there for three weeks yeah and it was like a full-length feature and i was a principal role so that kind of for me was like a new era uh, of like being an actor um and, and that then, went to south by southwest Is that yes that went to south by southwest but it was uh it was like two years later it took because mm. it was an independent feature. Right. It took a long totally time. Normal. So we filmed that in like the fall of 2017 and it didn't go to South by Southwest till the spring of 2019. Was Damn. there any disappointment going back to school? Was there any like, you know, I want to I want to book the next thing. You know, there's always that like gaps are so prevalent yeah. in this type of career. And I was just curious. I don't remember there being much sure. of that. Mostly because at the time I really enjoyed being in school. Yeah. Um, I loved what I was learning and I loved my friends in school and like, I just wanted to keep doing that. So I was like, okay, this was a really cool experience. And like, when it comes out, that'll be really exciting. But I, at the time wasn't really like, again, like I wasn't really banking yeah. on being an actor. Like, yeah. so it was just kind of like, I have this and maybe it'll go somewhere. I don't know. It was a very, yeah. it was a very interesting like time. 
I was uh, just curious what the like latter half of 2017 was like, and then 2018, because 2018 right. is when I think everything just kind of happened, right? It was like you said, a busy year, but what happened, you yeah, know, no, 2017, well, so, so 2018. So it was like, it was like a full year, like a spring and a fall that yeah. I was just doing school. I want a college degree. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so I was just kind of doing them both and, and trying to give as much as I could to both of those things. No, I love that. I just, I, I'm, um, the only reason why I ask is just because yeah. I, I want to get an idea for the mindset that you had going in for this big year in 2019. I think you know, a lot of times when there are these, you know, gaps, which is super normal, I, yeah. I'm, I have one. So like, we all have them. I just am curious as to like your thoughts at the time you were doing yeah. other things. You had other Honest, things. Honestly, the truth is that, so in the fall of 2018, which was my junior fall, right before I booked high school musical, um, I was like, it was my first like, uh, design like assignment at pace that I was given. So it was like my first time as a, as, as the lighting designer mm. for a show, um, which was like something that I had looked forward to for like three years. Right. Um, and I was, I was like very excited to do it. I was like, I have to give this my all. My program was not super competitive, but like everybody took it very seriously. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I need to take this seriously. I'm, I want it to be good. I don't want to be like judged yeah. by my peers. Um, and I, and so we were, and there was a production of Peter and the star catcher. Uh, and it was, it was a great experience. And I, you know, I love that, but I was also working like three jobs and I had a full, uh, you know, School, 18 workload. credit yeah. course load. So I was doing all of those things and I really was not focused on like, am I going to book a show? Or am I going to like, I, I loved doing all the things and um, cause also the other thing to remember is like all during this time too, I'm also tap dancing as much as I can. Right. And one of my other dreams in my life was like, maybe I'll, you know, get into a tap company. Mm. Um, so that was also an avenue and a possibility for me that I was totally uh, okay about. with, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, so it was really kind of just like, whatever whatever comes my way yeah. nice um which is That's like a good weird place to think to about in. now because I, I think I'm, I'm not necessarily in that place now and i i maybe should get back to that place um but it was like a, a time before expectation like That's, i did i did yes. a movie but like i did an in independent movie but like there was no expectation that i continue with being an actor like i did it for the experience and it was a wonderful experience, but uh, there was no, like, there was nothing riding on that, mm. you know? Um, and so really high school musical, I was like blindsided. Like I was, so, yeah, was let's, out let's of the say, blue. so you get this audition. Yeah. It's just a normal audition, right? You get a bunch of these. You've been doing this for quite a while. Yeah. And then you do it. Was there anything different about this one? Was there anything different about getting the sides for it or the actual audition itself? I think that the the audition itself was really a, a normal audition. Um, I remember like walking in and I was now starting to be at a point in my audition life where I was remembering the faces of casting directors and remembering yeah. their names. So uh, so when I saw uh, who the casting director was. Who was the casting director? Uh, Julie Ashton is her name. But she was working with a New York uh, casting director named 
Jen Rudin. And uh, I had auditioned for her many times in my life. So I remember like walking into the room and finally being like, oh, I'm, you know, 20 years old or, or yeah, I think I was 20 at the time. And now it's like up to me to uphold these relationships with these Mm -hmm. casting directors and people in the industry. So I remember, you know, saying like, hi, Jen, that was like a a memory of that moment. But uh, the, the other thing that was sort of special about it was just that I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this character's name is Big Red. They are very clearly looking for somebody with red hair. And then also in the description, it says that he joins the crew. And I was like, oh, that's funny because I'm currently going to school for theatrical, you know, technical theater, theatrical right. design. I think I know a little bit about what this character is going to like go through in this season, which is like super fun. And but it helps I... to sing and dance, which you do as yeah, well. Yeah, but that was not a requirement oh, for the character. Cool. It like it, it, you know, I didn't even at that moment in time, I didn't even wasn't even thinking about that because I didn't know. Uh, I mean, I knew it was called High School Musical, the musical. I assumed there would be some kind of singing, but also it was like really uh, listed as a docu style comedy. So oh. I didn't know if it was going to be like super dry, like The Office. Like I didn't really know what that. the show was going to be. They probably so, didn't fully know. No, I, I don't think they. I don't think they did. I mean, it, it definitely went through a lot of changes uh, when we were shooting, like the pilot and and a few episodes in the first season. Like the tone of the show shifted, and they, you know, to, every show is like that. Every takes, show is like that. Exactly. It takes a little while to find what the show is, but so yeah. So for Big Red, that was not a requirement of the character. So I was one of the probably the only main cast member who did not sing in his mm. initial audition. Cool. But I went. And then I kind of like, you know, as you do, you, you're supposed to just like forget about the audition and move on. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, and the next day I went to uh, visit my grandparents in Florida. And uh, so I flew down to Florida like the next day after that audition. And I was in Florida for a day and I got a phone call from my manager and they asked yeah. if I would be available you know, it was like Thursday and they were like, could you be there on Friday for a callback? Yep. And I was like, uh, I'm in Florida. Yep. I get, I mean, what, like, what do, what are, are they really looking at me? Do they want to do Skype? And this was before zoom, you know what I right. mean? Like this was like in person, you have to be there. And so I was like, do they want to do Skype? Like, what do they want? Um, she's like, I'll get back to you. And she called me back and she was like, they you know there's are gonna be like five people that they're looking at and you're one of the five so you really should go yeah so we figured out how to get back to uh new york as soon as possible there was like a flight that night and it was you know 75 bucks or whatever it was like you know it yeah. was like the cheapest thing that i could possibly get in the moment flew back to new york that night did the callback and then uh that was like Friday. And then on Wednesday, they were like, we're going to fly you out to LA to do a, a producer session, a, a screen test, a chemistry read with Joshua Bassett, who played my best friend, Ricky, yep. uh, in the show. And then, so wait, so how were, what were your thoughts between Friday and Wednesday, getting the call that you're going to LA to like do this chemistry read? What was that like? Yeah. Friday and Wednesday, I just remember being sad that I left my grandparents' trip. Like I mm-hmm. cut my grandparents' trip short. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I cut this trip short for maybe nothing. For you know a maybe. I mean? For, a, for maybe. a maybe. Right. 
Um, and not that everyone was, you know, my parents and my grandparents were all, you, they all said I should go. There was like a brief moment when I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, I'm not mm. going to, I'm not going to miss that. And then everyone was like, no, you oh absolutely God, should go. Larry, imagine. You know? I know. Um, for, for in that moment, I was just like, ugh, like, I can't believe I, yeah. you know, I missed out on that trip. And now I'm going to have to figure out a time to go back down there. And we're like, we don't really have the money. And like, I'm in school and this was the only time I had until Aww. the summer. And it was, you know, so it was just like a lot of, Th that was what things. was on your mind. Right. Um, but then, then they said that they wanted to fly me to LA. And so that was just like, oh, wow. I've never, I had never been to LA before. Um, wow. so I, you know, I just was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to LA uh, I didn't really have time to think about it. I, I certainly yeah. wasn't going to say no. So they flew me out. And I remember being there. Uh, I had a friend that had recently uh, moved to LA from like childhood theater world. And I went to his apartment uh, like the first night that I was in LA. And I, we, were, I, we were talking and it was just kind of like, you know, you've already won. He kept saying like, you've already won. You've already did it, right? Like you're, you're having a producer session for a Disney channel, like the, the producers, you know, the executive producers at Disney channel, like that is, you know, as they good as you can you ask out here. for, right. They flew you to LA for a producer session. Like that is, that is all you can ask for in this industry. Yeah. So you already did it. Like you already did the wow. best you could possibly do. And if you get it, that's amazing, but that's not like, the wind the point. you've already won in a way. Right. Yeah. So then I kind of went into it with that mindset. Nice. And I feel like I was, I was relaxed and, and, uh, and excited and just kind of like taking it all in. Yeah. And then the, the session went, went really well. But the thing that, uh, that I realized was that what had, what set me apart in that, in that screen test was that I was a tap dancer. Nice. Um, and I remember we, the, the executive producer of the show, Tim Federley knew that I was a tap dancer because he saw it on, on my website and, and all those things. And so he was like, we have to, you know, we have to show, he, he kind of pulled me aside and was like, we have to show the network that you're a tap dancer. So like at the end of the scene, I just like, just do a tap step. Even like, if you didn't have your tap getting, shoes, nothing. Just... No, I didn't. I didn't. And, and right. the room was like carpet. Right. Like there was no, you know, of course. Why and they were like, right. And they were like, you, there was like a handshake, like a secret handshake written into the end of the scene. Um, and he was like, instead of the secret handshake, like do a tap step. And like, that's your secret handshake with Josh. And I was like, okay. So we did that. And then, uh, and I remember then like walking out into the hallway and one of the, this, the, um, head of like Disney casting. So she wasn't not Julie Ashton, uh, her name is Judy Taylor. So she like works in the casting department of a lot Disney of Channel. J's in this casting yes. story. And and Judy Taylor is a legend. Uh, she like was she the cast like back to the future. Like she's Casual. a legend, right? So she comes out with Julie Ashton and uh, and Tim and Oliver, the two uh, executive producers of the show. And they're like, do you have any videos of you tap dancing? And I was like, yeah, I think I have some on my Instagram. And so I pulled it up for them, showed them, and they were like, great, we'll, we're going to take this and we'll be right back. And they like went in the room and I heard mm. the people in the room like clapping. 
And I was like, well, that's got to be a good sign. That means they watched my tap video and they liked it. So yeah. that's something, you know what I mean? And then, and then that was the end of my audition. And, and I remember like, uh, uh, Julie Ashton sort of gave me like a, a, an extra little hug and like an extra little pat on the back. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel good about this. Good. And then I flew back to New York and it was like Saturday and they said, we'll let you know by Monday. And they called that night and they said, you got it. Uh, so cool. And then, yeah. And then I flew to, and then I flew back to LA to do like all of the pre show things. Like there's, you meet, you meet everybody under the sun, you meet like all the executives and there's a mixer and you're, you read the first episode for the producers and you know, they, they, you know, they go all out for like the new shows, I guess. Uh, and yeah. it was not only that it was a new show it was also a new show for the new streaming platform. Cause Disney plus right. didn't exist yeah. yet. So this was like a big new venture and, and they were just very excited to have us. And, and it was wonderful. You know, they put us up in beautiful, like, like Lowe's Hollywood hotel, like, which is right, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard. And, and it was just like, that's all you can ask for. It was amazing. Um, I, that, and so then going back to kind of what we were talking about before, like this was the moment when I had to say, you know, okay, I'm making a choice here. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't possibly do this and go to school. Uh, we're filming in Salt Lake city, Utah for six months. Yeah. It's not a small commitment. <laughs> right. So that, so that was my choice. And I mean, who would choose anything different? Like I, yeah. I, I was, it was, a, it was life amazing, you know? So, um, so then, I mean, and so, yeah. So, and then ever since then, like I've, I've been a little bit more like, no, I'm an actor. You know what I mean? Like, cause now, yeah. cause now there's expectation. Right. And there's like something, there's a career that I have built and that I'm building you and could still maybe, be building. You could still be doing other things and building. Yeah, other things, and I working. and I, mean, I, I still I still am, especially like as a writer and director, more yeah. so now than like I saw a, a second designer. second ad credit on your IMDb. Yeah, you know things like that. I, but I think that was uh, from like something that I helped a friend on like before. Still, uh, before, but you still know, like you're doing other things stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, I I will always love that stuff too. Like I I, I really find joy in it, and I just think it's magical to like make the thing yeah as opposed I agree. to you know be on camera like it's just amazing to to see everything that goes into it and to contribute uh to to what goes into making something like that and larry like it just for actors out there a lot of actors listen to this podcast yeah. probably because i'm an actor too um <laughs> and it just yeah um inevitably and so what would you know a lot of them want to know you know sometimes there, you think you think to yourself there's just a difference between you know that one role that's right for you mm -hmm. and and you know you think of a lot of like acceptance speeches for things and people are like you know i was doing that i was auditioning all the time and then just something yeah. happened and it changed but yeah. what would you say you know any any advice for people who their end goal is series regular on a show they're like i want the yeah. consistency i want the stability i want the being able to work on one role for a long period of time, all that stuff that comes with it. Any advice for people? I know it's a hard question maybe, but I just yeah, curious. I mean, it's, it's hard because I think, uh, I think it's about keeping your, your eyes open and keeping your heart open and being, uh, being happy with accepting many different possible outcomes, mm -hmm. which is like really, really difficult 
to do in this industry when we see careers that other people have, uh, you know, and and we want them. And the, and the sad, uh, the sad truth, and this is also a, a truth about just growing up and just becoming an adult in any industry is uh, you you think that the comparisons will go away, but they never do. Yeah. So maybe when I was 10, all I wanted was to be in a Disney Channel show. And at 20, I get that. And then all of a sudden, all I want is to, you know, have a million followers on Instagram and, you know, be in a blockbuster movie. And, you know, and that hasn't happened the, yet. The bar always kind of the bar, up. the bar always moves. So I, I, I mean, I think it's like, it's about working hard at what you do and every single day working, uh, working as hard as you can for the love of what you do and not for the love of what comes with the experience, you know, right. all of the, all of the wonderful things that come with it. And that's really difficult because all of those wonderful things are wonderful and they're exciting and they're special too. Uh, and, and a lot of people want those things for, mental health you know and for just like having joy in your life it, it really you have to find the joy in like the everyday of it and you know every accomplishment is an accomplishment right so like when i did porno for me that was exciting and it was yeah. the most exciting thing i've ever done and and i had to kind of be like well if this is everything that i ever do like that's something that i did yeah. you know and and uh, and I and I think it is about like having other passions and other things that you work towards doing as well, and and yeah. being okay uh, going down those paths as well, which is like maybe a really difficult truth. And not everybody has had that experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people are like, all I wanted was a series regular, and I worked every day, and I got it, and I'm the happiest I've ever been. For me, I, I think most people though, it's all right. the bar always changes, which I, I think about that a lot too, because there are people who are like, if I just get this, then I'll be happy. And then they get that. And then maybe they're not happy. Not that that's, right. I'm saying that's your experience, but it's almost the idea of like, well, we just have to figure out how to be happy wherever we are. Right. Yeah. And I, you but know, I think, it doesn't mean you still don't want something else. That, right. That's different. Right. And I think, uh, you know, to what you said, it, it you know, not that uh, getting high school musical and all those things did not make me happy because it it absolutely did and it was actually absolutely and does and it has actually absolutely been a wonderful experience and a wonderful goal i think that it also just happened to happen at a time in life you know in your early 20s when you're also realizing that like the person who controls your happiness is you mm. like that's just what happens to everybody in your early 20s right like i think so yeah, I imagine. I think so. You know what I mean? So like at some point. Yeah. So it's like it it it's not necessarily that like I got to high school musical and I was like, oh, well, this doesn't make me happy. Um it's it's more so that I got there and I kind of realized, oh, this this makes me happy sometimes. Yeah. And other times it doesn't. Which uh, is normal. Which is normal. And that's normal. You know and what I mean? Normal. Because like because people say like you know, you, you get to, it's like the dream, right? It's like you get to Broadway or you, or you get to the TV show and you're supposed to be the happiest you've ever been. And, and sadly, that's life. just like not the reality of life. It's hard to sustain happiness right. for so long. Like right. it, you know, just didn't, can it's you it. give me a little sort of insight into your thoughts on the difference between working in LA and, or auditioning in LA and auditioning in New York? I'm just curious about the different markets and your thoughts on them. Yeah. I mean, so 
Right now, it's a tricky thing. So I yeah, pre-pandemic and now yes. is different. Yeah. True. So I never auditioned in LA pre-pandemic, right? Like I mm. moved to LA in the middle of the pandemic in 2021. So I. I don't really have much of that experience, but from what I hear, uh, you know, on a very like base level thing, it's like you're driving to the lots for your audition, which is like really cool. You know, like really drive, cool. Driving to like the Warner Brothers lot or the Disney lot or the Fox lot to have an audition is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I never had that as those experiences in New York. Yeah. They're all in like casting offices. Um, and some of the, the buildings coolest are cool. ones in Chelsea Piers. I mean, that's a couple right. of them are in Chelsea. Right. Like, I mean, aside and there's from like that. the ABC building across from Lincoln Center, which is like all that's where I have my audition for High School Musical. Oh, nice. And, you know, a lot of them are are like that. The the L.A. thing. So so and yeah, now everything self tapes. So and right. Yeah. And so right now everything is self taped. So I yeah. think it's actually like all the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and even, even right now I'm auditioning for theater in Good. LA via self tape. And it's a, a lot of times it feels the same as an audition for a TV show. It's just that maybe I'll, you know, be a little bit more animated or, or something like that. Or use space more for theater, you know, and then I also have to sing, you know, right. That's also a different but you know it's funny because you'd think singing theoretically you'd think singing is something reserved mostly for theater but then again you're on a show on tv where right. they're singing involved so you just, there's no right. i mean there's no one yeah, size I mean, like, for everything yeah i mean a lot like on a very you know technicality level like a lot of times if you're auditioning for a tv show or movie where there's singing they will usually say like sing you know a minute of your favorite song as opposed to like a broadway show or or theater where it's either like sing your the cut of your audition of song this or, particular show we're doing right or or they send you like the they do exactly that they'll send you the material for the show or for the audition packet right. and then you will audition using that material so you have to learn you know that material for that and is your next goal the the blockbuster movie you were talking about or broadway or theater like is there a, is all of it all of the it's above? all i think Good. it's all of the things i i mean it's all of that plus i want to you know be a showrunner one day right like yes. i want to have my own show that i've written that i am maybe starring in maybe not you know i want to direct a feature film uh you know i i want to i want to do all those things you know, maybe I maybe I turn into like a songwriter and like go on a tour with a solo show. I, I have I really have no idea. I think Hey, like, Olivia Rodrigo, right? Opened that door. Hey, All of a sudden that's an international pop style. You're like, okay, that, yeah, that's I an option too. Hey, she can invite me up on stage with her at Radio City any day of the How week. How was the concert? It looked really fun. It was so cool. It was really cool. She did a great job. I looked up like last cool minute tickets and I think it was like last minute tickets. Normally sometimes you save, it was like so yeah. much money. I was like, that's yeah. a joke. And I'm no, like, no, no, why no, didn't no. I? I listened to her album a lot. I'm like, why did I just think of buying a ticket ahead of time? But yeah, it's okay. It I, I mean, I, I was very, very lucky to get the vip experience for the hottest pop star of our generation you know, is that crazy that yeah. all happened within like what the last within couple a year, years yeah. yeah a year yeah so. but um i thought it was so funny because obviously i saw your post on instagram where you went to the show and i was like it's so, so fun mm -hmm. so great um and then today i was doing additional like just last minute research on you just like you know why not yeah of course and, and the first things that pop up obviously are like 
people magazine picking up your Instagram, you know, oh, like picking up the story goodness. and you're just like, this is so funny. Like, I don't even know did... if I saw those things. Yeah. yeah. Look up. If you just Google yourself right now, it's like That's two or so three funny. things, just like picking up your Instagram going like there was a high school musical series reunion at like Olivia's <laughs> show. And you're like, this is reunion. Just, it's just so yeah, it was a reunion, reunion just for you because, to know. Right. Because and it was we... just. Yeah, because <laughs> we need just... to be reunited because we haven't been together for the last six months straight. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> but um, it's just such a funny thing, life sometimes and how things like take all these turns and you're just like now in People Magazine, just but, but for posting your Instagram, like on your, it's just like, that's right. the reality. Life it, is, it is crazy. It is. I, I think, I think I try to not get caught up in those things because yeah. I have had moments where I've gotten caught up in them and then it's like why do they repost you know that other person's Instram mm. instead of mine and it's like it's Instagram <laughs> it's more okay. and it's like yes. and it's like but but I'm not judging anybody for getting caught no. up it's really easy to get caught up in that but like you gotta just realize that it's not real life and how is shooting this year I mean this is all like pandemic related shooting so yeah it was a little bit more it was a little bit more relaxed than season two uh, because of the vaccine and all those things and we were also in LA so it was like nicer and warmer and it wasn't like blizzarding in the middle of shooting the season yeah um which is great um and everyone was kind of like more relaxed because they get to go home to their actual houses and apartments and you know beds at night um but yeah I mean it, it was just like fun time at summer camp it was you know it was good it was good good I'm glad to hear that yeah and um anything else like what what's next or I mean world's your oyster kind of thing I just was curious like yeah I I you know right now like because we just ended season three yeah. like two weeks ago oh it's three only weeks been two ago. weeks yeah I think I think we wrapped on April 14th and today's oh, wow. like April 29th or something so it's like really really freshly Reset. two weeks ago um, so I, I did take a trip to good because I hadn't been to New York in like six months. I needed to see my family yeah. I needed to see, you know, my dog and Aww. all of the and friends in New York city. And, and just I wanted breathe. to see some Broadway shows cause I hadn't seen any Broadway shows since before the pandemic. Which ones uh, have you seen? So I saw a strange loop last night, which is nice. the, the new one. Yep. Um, I might uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see a Julia's production of into the woods at city center encores, which is not a Broadway show, but, but it's Broadway adjacent theater. Um, and I, I think those are really the only ones that I can do on this trip maybe, but, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's always going to be more Broadway shows and there's yeah. always going to be more trips. So come back you know, soon. now that, now that I'm here and Broadway is happening and we figured yeah. out how to make that happen, I can see as many shows as I can. That's so good. Yeah. And um, last, but certainly not least, just quickly, uh, what is your definition of success? Oh, wow. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I think for me, the journey of success has been about accepting that that definition is always changing and like not judging the changes that happen and like yeah. working towards and attaining whatever goal is, you know, in your immediate you know, capability, right? Like if I, if, if my next goal, if my goal in the next, you know, six months or a year is to write a screenplay and I do that, then that is success because I'm, I'm working towards goals and attaining them. And I think like that is a, an incredible 
skill that not a lot of people talk about is like, yeah, how, you know, achieving goals that you set, set out for yourself um, is like, I think really important for life and for yes. working as an artist um, and like having that, uh, you know, like self-motivation, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's like, why I ask because I feel right. like it's just a different answer for different people wherever they yeah. are in their career. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, I mean, of course, there's also things I want, you know, of course, I want a beautiful you house. Should. And I, yeah. You know, and I think that's also success, but maybe oh, yeah. that's success at a time in my life where I'm like, it, you know, it's time to have those things. Like, right now, I don't need to have those things. So, that's not success for me right now. You know what I mean? Well said. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's great. I love that. It was a very sort of beautiful, but like relatable answer. And I think something that people can really take from. I hope um, so. Thank I'm, you. This has I'm been so, happy so lovely. To do it. I, I really I appreciate love, it. Thank you for having me. I, I love like talking long form and, and just kind of having a conversation. So anytime I'll come back anytime. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't yet, do me a favor, drop a five-star review, follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, and find me on Instagram. I'm at at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. Share this in your stories. Let me know what you think. Share it with a friend, and I'll see you next time.